Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So now we're going to bring Simon up. Simon's going to bring us some uh, mantras and mindsets. I can't wait for this. Let's do it. I don't need Kate's Bible today. I bought a stand look. If I ask for your Bible now, I'm actually going to read some scripture. Sorted, sorted. One thing, I'm glad I didn't wear Kate's trousers today, otherwise I'd look like I was naked. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. So, mantras and mindsets that set our culture. So, sayings and phrases are all around us. Actions speak louder than words. A penny for your thoughts. Back to the drawing board. Biting off more than you can chew. Or as Paul the gaffer would say, ah, I could be read. <laughs> he also says many hands make light work which is very also true so there were hundreds and thousands of these golden nuggets pieced together words to help us communicate a principle action or truth with greater devil uh, greater depth of meaning um, think of some of the ones that we've got at the rock for instance so you are born on purpose for a purpose and that mantra tells us that, yeah, we're born on purpose for a purpose. We're going to make a difference. Says it, what it is on the tin. What a great slogan. Guidelines, not rules. Just three words. And that tells us that there's definitely, there's definitely rules. You've got, to do, you, you, you've got to do it. But all, you know, we're gracious with that. It's guidelines. But we don't have to serve. We get to serve. And I was kicking myself when Kate was pinching my preach earlier on. She's already preached it. But it's just to reiterate it, that we don't have to serve. We actually get to serve. Which tells us that it's all about perspective. We don't have to turn up every single week. We get to turn up every single week. So as we step into this new way of operating as a dream team, there are a few of these mantras that are going to be popping up regularly. Now, we're going to touch on five of them quickly today. There's going to be more, but I'm going to preach on the five that we've decided we're going to kick off with. These sayings and mantras are going to become part of the vocab here at The Rock moving forward. I said to Sarah when I was prepping this, I said, am I allowed to say vocab rather than vocabulary, just in case I get my words mixed up? She says, yeah. <laughs> well, we say Congo, don't we, So We can say vocab. Uh, they'll hopefully be naturally integrated nicely into our teams. Um, so when new members come on, it'll be like it's always been there. We'll be reminding of these mantras to each other on a regular basis and repeating them just to make sure that they're in us, concreted in us, and we get them. So, mantra number one. No one works alone. Always reminds me of Liverpool, no one, you, you'll never walk alone, but no one works alone. Even God didn't work alone at creation. He worked through the Son in the power of the Spirit, as it says in Genesis 1 and John 1. So when one person alone holds a responsibility for a ministry, a task or a project, it is full of potential 
problems. Number one, stress and burnout, which can lead to resentment. Number two, knowledge limitation. No succession. Number four, no on-the-job training. You can feel straight away how important it is to have team, massively. Number five is no room for expansion when potential um, priorities increase. Number six, there's no relationship building. How boring is that? Relationship building is massive. And not to have that is a wounder. Number seven, work takes longer. And number eight, work gets delayed when the person is busy or off sick. Something to think about there. The second mantra, one of my favorites, is problems equals opportunities. Now, the example I want to use here is something a little bit different. I want to use David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. Now, most people know this story. The story of David and Goliath is a favorite to many because it exemplifies how faith in God can overcome seemingly insurmountable odds. David's reliance on God rather than the traditional weapons and armory underscores the biblical message of true power and victory that came from the Lord. So let me just walk you through this. Bearing in mind the subject, the mantra is problems equals opportunities. So verse 1 to 3, the Philistines threat. You've got the Philistines one end of the valley and the Israelites. And they're all want to go to battle. The Israelites are scared because in verse 4 to, 5, 4 to 11, it talks about Goliath's challenge. Now, Goliath was a giant, massive, probably about nine foot tall, a massive beast of a man, undefeated and very, very intimidating. And a lot of stuff that goes on in our teams and in life, we face mountains and giants, don't we? They make us feel uncomfortable. They intimidate us. What do we do? A lot of the time we panic. Verses 12 to 30, David enters the scene. He hears about Goliath's challenge and the reward that King Saul has promised to anybody who defeats the giant. So David volunteers in verses 31 to 39. David expresses his willingness to fight Goliath. Saul, of course, is skeptical because of David's youth. But the thing is, David uses his life experience. He knows he's God. He knows what he can do. And he's like, no, I'll do it. So David convinces Saul by recounting his experiences by protecting the sheep from lions and bears. There's lots of us in the room that can use our life experience to bring to the table in our teams. David uses all of his life experience to give him the confidence. So King Saul offers David his armor. But David declines, choosing his sling and his five smooth stones from the stream. Now, verse 40 to 54, it says David versus Goliath. It says, as David approaches Goliath, the giant mocks him. In response, David declares his trust in the God of Israel. Using his sling, he hurls the stone right into the cranium, the very center part of Goliath's forehead, killing him. David then uses Goliath's own sword to decapitate him. Seeing the champion defeated, the Philistines flee, and the Israelites pursue them to defeat them. We can take so much wisdom and courage from this. Now, when we face problems in our teams, it's very easy to get stressed, be a bit negative, and get overwhelmed by it. 
But that's not the culture that we're creating in our dream teams. David didn't look, he didn't look at the situation like that. He says, no, I'll step up. I don't want your armor. I believe in who my God is. We're going to come up with a solution for this. Picks up his sling, hurls a stone. Problem solved. But we look for opportunity to grow and change and to make a difference and to ultimately glorify God, just like David did. David wasn't fearful. He wasn't stressed due to the giant he was facing because he knew who his God was and saw an opportunity to glorify him. And it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So when something goes wrong, if the lights won't work or the sound won't work, you know, you might say, so it's not like a fight with life, but it is. They're all principles. Some of these things, if you are not techie, can be very, very overwhelming. Straight away, the PA won't work. That's a giant straight away. You're panicking, you're sweating. When you get your team come around you, someone like an Irving or, or Josh that knows what they're doing, you're thinking, whew, the team effort, looking at things, looking at every problem as an opportunity just takes the pressure off. Because the last thing that we want in our dream teams is for people to feel pressure, which is the important of team. So, Mantra three, we celebrate noble failures. The only way to success is to have failures along the way. So what is a noble failure? A noble failure is the ability for a project to fail in order to gain valuable learning experiences. You ask my wife, she thinks I'm a crazy weirdo because I love, love making mistakes. Love them because every loss is learning. I get to learn from so many experiences and it's it, it doesn't feel good at the time but when you look back you think how much did I learn from that situation so let's not shy away from noble failures because we want to celebrate them and make that a culture scripture I want to use just to give an example is from the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15 verse 11 to 32 it tells of a young man who squandered his inheritance only to realize his mistake and return home his failure led to a moment of self-realization and repentance, and he was warmly welcomed back by his father, symbolizing God's unconditional love and forgiveness. Amen. And that's the culture that I don't believe, you know, I don't believe that we need to try and accomplish this. I believe this is what is in us at the moment. This is what we're seeing in our dream teams. And like Pastor Kathy says, we're seeing it already, and it's just beautiful to see that warm, loving, unconditional environment to be able to see teams pulling together and having each other's backs is a wonderful thing. If, mis if mistakes happen, we embrace them because it brings lessons that we can learn from and grow because it is the only true way to innovate and grow, yeah. which brings us on beautifully to mantra number four. Growth without change is impossible. It is impossible to grow without change. Most of us, especially being English, we oppose change at all costs. Because what has been is so easy and comfortable. Changes can sometimes be very, very uncomfortable, for sure. Massively. But the thing is, I think God wants us to be versatile. He wants us to be versatile. If we're to embrace his plan and purpose for his church. You see, the Israelites, you can find this in Exodus and the book of Numbers as well. The Israelites, despite being led out of slavery in Egypt and witnessing many miracles, the Israelites frequently grumbled against God and Moses. They displayed a reoccurring unwillingness to trust and obey God. 
which led to them wandering for 40 years around the desert. They refused to adapt and change, which caused them many years of pain. Guys, we don't want to be like that. We want to embrace change. God's on the move. And the, thing, the great thing is, God, because we're entering this new season, because we're planting churches, because we're bringing new structures to the dream team to make things easier and more efficient, you know how I love that word, efficiency. It makes things streamlined. It makes things so less stressful. It's because God loves us. We don't want to cause any blockages in this. We want to just go with the flow and change. A lot of hard work and dedication has been put into this new system that's being brought in. The last but very not least, one of my favorites. Your greatest success is your successor. It's something that I see modeled and always have from the leadership in this church. These guys want us to go even further than they ever have. Um, I'm going to use two examples. One is less traditional and, it's, uh, and one that is more traditional. So the first one I want to use as an example from the Bible is Jesus and his disciples. So while this is not a direct succession, in the traditional sense, Jesus prepared his disciples, especially the 12 apostles, to carry on his mission after his ascension to heaven. This was a foundational moment for the establishment and spread of the early church. And this can be found if you want to look this up in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, which was the Great Commission, and also in Acts 1, 8 as well. The other one is the one that we're familiar with, the traditional sense, Paul and Timothy. The apostle Paul mentored Timothy, helping him grow in faith and leadership. And that's what we're doing. In our dream teams, we're raising people up. Many of Paul's letters, like First and Second Timothy, provide guidance and instruction and encouragement for Timothy, who would continue the work after Paul. One of the best feelings in the world is when we pour on yeah. into people, yeah. massively, passing on our knowledge, our wisdom, our guidance, to somebody is just a beautiful feeling. And I would say most of us are born to do that just naturally. It feels good. It's great. Benefits everybody. Everybody wins when that happens. And it's a delight to see this happening in our dream teams as well. And like I always say, I wouldn't be where I am today in my personal life, in my spiritual life, in my business, if it wasn't for learning some key skills in this church and serving his vision. I've swept floors. I've cleaned toilets. Remember the days at Rally? Yeah. Even Ali was cleaning toilets, and that, that was really what spoke to me. I've done PA. I've sung in the worship band many moons ago. Hey. <laughs> Climb me to the moon and get me back up there. I've been on the car park. I've shook hands and gave cuddles on the door. I've preached. I've led services. I've mentored people. And all of this was done under the supervision of people above me pouring into me and helping me become the best possible me. That's all I've ever witnessed at this church. So yes, I'm sure that my, just my life alone will continue somebody else's legacy who have poured into me. And I have this saying, I'm always looking, I learned this off Kate actually, I'm always looking to make myself redundant from any job, whether it be business, church, personal life, always. It's a culture that's been ingrained into me so that other people can rise up and take my place. We should always be looking for our next successor. Yeah. That's always my heart, and I believe it's yours too. So these mantras and mindsets will help keep us 
keeping the main thing the main thing as we repeat them to one another over and over again over the next coming months. And I believe they'll help us create a contagious culture that'll help us build his church in the south of Nottingham in a powerful way. It will take time, effort, and intentionality. It won't happen overnight. But these small changes, if we persist, will come. And when new people walk through that door, get saved and serve on a team in this church, on the dream team, they'll automatically benefit from the foundations that we're about to lay. It's powerful, isn't it, being part of something like this? And remember this, if culture is not set, it will set itself. We've got to be intentional with this. Let's, Let's not automatically bring the patterns of the world and let it interfere with his kingdom business. But let's create a godly culture in our work for him, one that will last and serve as well for decades to come. Amen. Bless you.